Hey everyone, my name is Jason Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Coastal Church Podcast. I'm super excited for you to hear this message. We believe that God wants to speak to us, and we hope that you're open to hear what he has to say to you today. Enjoy. I could do my own thing. I, I could, we could write our own sermon series for each of our individual campuses, but I didn't want to, um, partly because AJ's stuff is really, really good. And it just cuts down on time when we can collaborate and work together and I can share some insights and, and he can share his insights and we can work together. And so this was AJ's opening line, but I think it really hits on the head a little bit more maybe here than at YWC. And so this is the question. Do you remember when you had to wait for things? You know what I'm saying by hitting on the head? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm so ready, someone said do you remember dropping, let's start off with something maybe a little bit lighter, because I know where your mind and heart is right now for a lot of you in terms of waiting, and I totally get that. But do you remember times back in the day, we'll say, when you had to wait for things? Remember back in the day when you took pictures and had a roll of film, and you dropped it off, and you had to wait like a long time for that to get the pictures back? And when you got the pictures back, half the time, a lot of them were blurry and they didn't work out. Remember that? Remember that was a thing? Do you remember when you had to go back in the day on things like Napster and download a song and one song took hours? Remember that was a thing? Or what about um, writing letters to people? When was the last time you wrote a letter to someone like in the mail? And if you wrote it to someone overseas... Sometimes correspondence could take months to hear back from that individual. Remember writing letters back in the day? Or do you remember actually saving up for something before you bought it? You actually had like a thing called a piggy bank or something like that, and you saved up before you bought it. Remember all those things? And you had to wait for those things in order to get them. Now we have digital cameras. Instant development. Now we have things like Spotify and iTunes, and I was listening to music all afternoon in my office. I didn't have to wait for them to be downloaded. It was on demand. Or things like texting. Instead of waiting months to hear back from someone in Australia or China or wherever else in the world, I can send a text and they can get back to me immediately. Or like credit cards. Instead of waiting and saving up, I can have it now and pay for it later. And you know what's crazy? All these things, taking pictures, listening to music, texting, and even using my credit card, I can have it so much so on demand, it's in my hand. I can pay for all my Christmas purchases right here. And it's so like on demand. Now, I'm all for advances in technology and ways in which we can make our lives easier. But sometimes practices like that that happen in our everyday lives, they can actually shape the way we exercise and practice our faith. They can shape the way even we look and access and think about God. And we're losing the ability because of this instant gratification culture that we live in to actually long for things in the future. And so there's things that, there's things that God wants to do and will do 
but there's things that God will do that won't be through high speed, it won't be instant results, and it won't be you can have it all right now. Because the kingdom just doesn't work that way. Now, there are instances where God does work miraculously and in instances, like healings and words and different things like that. But if you look throughout all of Scripture, oftentimes as we think about God's plan for our lives, it's way more of a process instead of an instance. And that's really, really hard because we have to wait and we have to long. And you know what? That's what Advent really is all about. Advent is all about a season of waiting and longing. Advent's that reminder that things don't come instantly. There was a time where God's people waited with silence, with no real voices from prophets for a long time. And they were longing for the Messiah to come. And this season was called Advent. They were waiting and longing. And in culture today, we don't have to wait for anything. And that kind of runs counterintuitive to the call of our faith to actually wait, be patient, and long for the things of God. So let's look at a passage of scripture here today in Matthew chapter 1. And I want you to think about the instances in this passage of scripture where time is referenced. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25, part of the Christmas story. Here we go. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save, he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So as we look at this passage of scripture today, there's lots of language about time. Like, she will bear a son. That's speaking to something that will happen down the road about nine months, right? You shall, you shall call his name. He will save his people. Now, when the angel was giving these words, the angel was speaking about something that was going to take 33 years to happen. It was something future-oriented. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, the prophet Isaiah. 700 years before the coming of Jesus. Talk about waiting. Imagine waiting 700 years. Well, that's what happened here. Isaiah prophesied by the Holy Spirit that this baby was going to be born and he would be God with us, Jesus. But it took 700 years for that to be fulfilled. You shall name him. And Joseph knew her not until after the baby was born. So there's this longing and waiting that we find here even in the Christmas story. This longing and waiting for God's perfect timing. What if this Advent 
we all learn, including myself, how to be patient and long and wait on God for the things that he has in store for us. That all starts with us realizing first and foremost that each and every one of us has misplaced longings. We have misplaced longings. We have longings for things that maybe aren't all that great for us or maybe at best need to be in the right priority. See, I think we sometimes long for things that are unhelpful for us. And maybe there's things that you hope for, but really their hopes are actually wants instead of like a hope inspired by the Holy Spirit. And listen, like there's things that we all want. God, the Bible says in scripture that God has given us all things for our enjoyment. It's not that we can't enjoy things. It's when our wants for things become a higher priority than God's desires for us. Like, for instance, when you say the word, I hope I get a new TV for Christmas, which is not wrong, but we use the word hope, don't we? Remember, remember the, like, the Sears wish books when you were a kid? You used to go through them, and I hope I get that, I hope I get that, I hope I get that, and you circled like every single page, and you didn't get one single thing from it. But you use the word, I hope I get that, but you're really, your language is, I want that. I hope my kid gets good marks in school, or I hope my team makes the playoffs. Go Habs, go. I hope the government does X, Y, Z. Those are all hopes, but it's really things that we want. And sometimes when we get those things that we want, it's actually all not, not all that good for us. Sometimes God, in his grace, doesn't allow us to get the things that we want because the thing that we want actually is unhelpful to us. Like sometimes when people obtain wealth, particularly too quickly, it absolutely crushes them. Or maybe God doesn't allow us to get all the things we want, like maybe for our kids it's certain toys, but how many know adults have things like things they like to do, things they like to try to get, that are actually unhelpful because they end up becoming idols. And idols are those things that we put before God. I heard a quote this week that was posted by Craig Rochelle, and he said this. He said, you never know what idols you have until Jesus asks you to give them up. Let me say it one more time. You never know what idols you have until Jesus asks you to give them up. Sometimes our wants, when we get the things we want, they actually become an idol. And the things that we long for aren't really good for our souls. And so how many of our hopes are once that's actually turned into idolatry, things that we put before God and his plan for our lives? So I would just confess to you that one of the vulnerabilities I have, because I am a very much a future-oriented person, I can get so wrapped up in dreaming about future once and get off focused on God's future wants for my life. And I think all of us at one point in time or another, we can be vulnerable to be so focused on achieving certain things or getting certain stuff, we lose sight and get consumed by those things and we miss out on what God's plan is for our lives. And here's a, here's a, here's a great way or indicator to, to tell if our hearts aren't focused on God's plan and more on what we're gonna obtain in this life. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the Bible also says, 
where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if we have misplaced longings, if we're longing for things and they've taken a higher priority than God, a great indicator, if that's actually been the case in our lives, is to listen what comes out of our mouths. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So in our casual conversation, if all we're talking about is stuff that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of God's plan for our lives and, 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 and just in general, maybe even those things aren't bad, maybe they're misplaced longings. Maybe they've taken a more of a priority in our relationship with God than they should. And that's just a great gut check level for us to come back and realize and do an inventory and realize, man, like maybe my longings should be more honoring to God. Maybe my longings are misplaced and I need to long more for the things that God has for my life because the reality is that God has a plan for our lives, amen? One of my favorite messages to preach and share with people because I am a future-oriented person is I absolutely love talking about the plan God has for people. It's one of my favorite things to talk about because I get dreaming with God about what he has in his heart for individuals and for groups of people. And it's amazing. The plans that God has for each of you as individuals, the plan that God has for us as a church, like I get so fired up about that stuff because we serve a good God, amen, who has good things for his children. Now, that plan which is awesome and good, and God does have wonderful things, it's not instant. The good things that God has planned for you, yes, God drops blessings along the way, but some of the greatest blessings that we're going to receive in this life often take a really long time. And so it involves us having to be patient, and that's really, really hard in our culture of YOLO and FOMO. Some of you are like, what did he say? In a culture where you only live once and you have fear of missing out, we want everything here and now. And that's just not the case in the kingdom of God. Where in most cases found in scripture, the greatest blessings we receive from God often take times. Sometimes you're not going to like this. It actually takes lifetimes. Ugh, man, that doesn't sound very fun. Well, actually, there's a huge part of it that's actually not that fun, and we'll get into that in here in a second. It's hard. It's like Joseph. I love the story of Joseph. It's an amazing story, not just of blessing, but of transformation. Joseph has given this promise years and years that he would rule over his brothers and sisters and even his father and mother. And Joseph's probably thinking, this sounds really good because I'm the youngest. I like this idea. And we, we all, like, when God gives us a vision or a dream, it's like, it's really, really exciting and we're fired up about it. But then Joseph undergoes this amazing character transformation so he can handle God's plan for his life and the big dreams that God has for Joseph. That wasn't so fun. Because you know what that involved with Joseph? It involved false accusation and prison. 
going to the lowest of low so God could humble his heart so that God could actually elevate him to the second place in command over the entire nation of Egypt and use him to bring salvation. We all want God's plan, but we don't want to have to go through the process of character transformation in order to experience the blessings that God has for us. Because character transformation is incredibly painful. But most of us can't handle the blessings from heaven unless God takes us through the process of changing our character. And so we go through these seasons of waiting and wrestling and, yes, even suffering. And our faith gets tested over and over again. How many times in your walk recently with Jesus has your faith been tested? That is par for the course as a follower of Jesus. Jesus promised persecutions and sufferings and all these different kinds of things as a follower of Christ. But God doesn't waste any of that. As a matter of fact, as our faith is being tested, it's actually made stronger and more precious. This is what Peter says in his book. He says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. How many of you have been grieved by various trials? Amen. But here's the good news according to Peter and according to Scripture. You have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. God is refining your faith in him and making it stronger and stronger and stronger so you can handle the blessings that God wants to entrust to you. But sometimes it's really, really hard to wait for the dreams that God has put in your heart. Sometimes it's really hard, especially if you're impatient like I am. And I'm reminded of a story in scripture that we don't really talk about at Christmas time very much, but it's a Christmas story. And there's two old people in Scripture, Simeon and Anna. And after Jesus was born, he was brought to the temple to be dedicated. And Simeon was this old person who was waiting for the Messiah to come. He was old in years. And God had promised him and revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. Now, the Scripture doesn't tell us when when the Holy Spirit revealed this to Simeon, all we know is that when Simeon saw Jesus, these were his words. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. See, God had promised to Simeon that he would see the Messiah, even though he would not see what the Messiah would do. And he felt like, I can die now because God, you gave me what you promised. Imagine for a second that the Holy Spirit had revealed to Simeon, who was a righteous person, when he was 20 or 30 years old, that he was going to see the Messiah. And imagine if he had waited for 40 to 50 years for that promise to be fulfilled. Man. Or Anna, for instance. Anna, the Bible teaches us, was widowed after seven years. And she was 84 years old by this time, according to the Scripture. And she prayed 
and fasted day and night, waiting in the temple of the Lord. And she saw the Messiah and began to tell everyone else about this Jesus, this baby that was born. Sometimes it takes a lifetime for God to fulfill the promise and dreams that he's put in our hearts. And I don't know about you, but I don't like waiting that long. And our culture has formed us to, to just cop out and take shortcuts and be impatient and get ahead of God and not wait for his timing. I mean, we can just, when we want stuff, we can just go get it. And if we don't want to go inside a restaurant, we can hit the drive through If we don't want to cook a meal, we can throw it in the microwave. We can go up to a vending machine and grab something and, and get it back out. And a matter of fact, with Amazon, you don't even got to leave your house. See what I mean? See how culture has formed us? And I'm not saying those things are wrong. But when we begin to expect God to work the same way, we're dead wrong. Because God is interested in the long game, not the short game. I get grumpy when I go play hockey if I don't score a goal. Canada waited 38 years in the World Cup to score one goal. 38 years! And I get grumpy after a day! And it's like, it's as if, now, I don't know if Jesus plays soccer or hockey, but it's as if we're all playing hockey and wanting that instant gratification as God is playing in the World Cup of Soccer waiting 38 years. For some of the dreams and visions that God has placed in our heart, God is, we're playing the short game and God is playing the long game. We want instant gratification, but God is patient and his timing is perfect. And a big part of that is this. God is just as concerned with what he's doing in your life as he is about the destination over here. He's just as concerned about what he's doing in your character, in your heart, and in your life as he is, as he prepares you for what's over here. Because most of us aren't able to handle over here till the journey and process is done. So we got to wait on him, and we got to long for him, and we got to pursue him and allow us, allow him to change us. So how do we learn to be patient and not lose heart while we wait for God's promise? Well, the Bible says to wait on the Lord. To wait on the Lord. I don't like waiting. You don't like waiting. But the scripture commands us to wait on him. The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. In other words, if your hope to do something gets put off, it makes your heart sick. If you have dreams and visions that you aren't seeing fulfilled, it's easy for us to make our hearts get sick into despair and stop believing God and stop dreaming when our hope gets put off. Or maybe you've had a bump in the road and it's caused you to lose faith in God. That's, you mean, that's the struggle of faith, isn't it? Joseph probably would have had those moments, those wrestlings with God when he was in prison. I'm like, God, you promised me this. And I'm in prison. I don't see your promise right now. What about Anna and Simeon? God had promised to Simeon that he would see the Messiah. He's getting late in age. 
God, where is he? And how many struggles do you have? Maybe you're praying for a loved one to get saved or an addiction to be set free from someone you love. Things that you're praying and longing for God to do and you're wondering, where is God? We're in a season of waiting. We're in a season of wrestling. Because the truth is, God does have future blessings for each and every one of us in this room. There are more stories of salvations that God wants to bring to faith in him through this church. Amen? I believe that there will be new kingdom locations in Southwest Nova and throughout our entire province. But that's not a right now thing. That's not a boom and it happens. That's a longing. Because God doesn't work the way the culture does. It's a waiting on God for his timing for my unsaved friends and family, for that addiction to get set free, for these new kingdom locations to bring revival to Southwest Nova and the rest of Nova Scotia. Those aren't immediate things. Those are things that take God's perfect timing and wisdom. But what we're called to do is not despair and lean in and believe God for those things. Just because things don't happen instantly doesn't mean that God's not in it. Like, don't hear a not yet as a no from God. Because maybe it's just not his timing. So don't lose heart. Don't give up your faith because you're not seeing an immediate answer to prayer. Keep longing and believing on God for the things that he has for you. So you just got to wait on him. Wait on the Lord. And don't lose heart and continue to believe for the things that God has for you. Invite the worship team to come at this time. So are you what are you waiting on? I asked the prayer circle tonight. What are you waiting for? So if I were to ask you in your individual life that question, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting on God for? Is it something that you want him to do in your own personal life? Maybe it's something that you want him to do in your family. Maybe it's something that you want him to do in our church or in our community. What are you waiting on God for? And I would just say to you, don't be surprised if you have to play the long game with the Lord. But I want to encourage you, wrestle with him. Don't despair and lose heart. How many breakthroughs are just around a few more corners? How many blessings are there if we just don't cave and quit? You believe God has a plan for you, right? You believe that he has good things in store for you, right? Do you have the patience it takes to wait on him for the good things he has for you. Because that's the call and command of scripture. That's the call and command of Advent is to wait and long for the things of God. And so maybe you're here tonight and you're waiting on God for something particular to happen in your family. We invite the prayer team to come up at this time. 
If you're waiting on something specific that you want an answer to prayer for, I want you to encourage you to come up front for prayer, but don't be surprised if that prayer doesn't get answered immediately. Or maybe you're here tonight and you, you, you have these dreams in your heart for either this church or this community, but you know it's not an immediate thing. It's two, five, 10, 15 years down the road. Maybe you need to come up and ask for prayer that God would do something specific. Maybe you want to see other churches planted in Sawas Nova and Nova Scotia. And maybe that's your prayer tonight is, God, I'm starting this journey tonight where I'm going to pray for a revival to break out in our province in the name of Jesus. I just want to encourage you all over this place tonight, what would it look like as we sing this next song about praying and God, would you do it again? What would it look like in this place tonight if we all offered up prayers of faith that we know are probably not going to happen in this moment? But we started believing God to move mountains. It only takes the faith a size of a mustard seed to move a mountain. But those prayers can start tonight. And I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. And we're going to sing this song. But if you want to just, if you just want to in and of yourself, if you want to just focus in and pray during this entire song and saying, God, would you help me to dream again with you? about the great and awesome and wonderful things that you have in store for me, that you have in store for this church, that you have in store for this community. Let's let faith rise up once again in this place. Our faith and hope has been crushed and God wants us to believe in him. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you cause faith to rise up in this place? Not for the immediate, God, but for the future. Lord, would you help us to play the long game? And would you help prayers of faith to rise up all over this place tonight? And God, may we believe you for greater things. In Jesus' name. We really hope that this message has motivated you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and has inspired you to join us in our mission to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. If you have any questions about the sermon, if you want to know how you can get involved, send us an email at office at coastalchurchns.com. We'd love to get connected with you. Have a great day.